Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Over the years that Corey and I have been doing these podcasts, we've interviewed a number of courageous people dealing with brain tumors, and all of them, to my recollection, underwent chemo or radiation. Today, we're going to talk to a woman who refused those therapies and seven years ago was told she had two years or less to live. And joining us from Ontario, Canada, to tell her amazing story is Anna Maria Carrero. And uh, I was surprised to learn just before we uh, started recording this podcast that we interviewed Anna Marie several years ago. Didn't we, Anna Marie? Yes, you did. Hi, Ian. Hi, Corey. Hi. How are you, Anna Marie? I'm excellent. Thank you. Anna Marie, it's been a long journey for you. If you had not discovered cannabis, do you think you'd be alive today? No, I do not. The, um, the doctors at uh, Princess Margaret Hospital and also at Sunny Odette Cancer Center, both of them told me that if I did not do what they call radio chemotherapy, which is both the radiation and the chemo, um, that I would only be still with 18 to 24 months to live. Um, it kind of rattled us a bit, um, especially when I asked for the transfer from Princess Margaret over to Sunnybrook as a second opinion. When my husband and I arrived, they actually had us meet with the radiologist who actually already had a mask done up to explain to us how the radiation works. And I looked at them and I said, no, I do not want to do radio or chemo. So you guys have to come up with another plan. In the meantime, um, an ex-co-worker of mine, who Corey knows very well, Colleen McConnell, she asked me if I would be interested in looking into a few things, but keeping an open mind. And I said that I would. She referred me to a couple of websites. One was cureyourowncancer.org. A YouTube video, Rick Simpson, his story. And there was another one. And now I'm having a brain fart. So I can't remember the other one. No, that's fine. So I did all my my research for about two weeks. I was very, very impressed with Rick's uh, video, both my husband and I. And at the time, as you know, you really weren't allowed to grow at home. Um, So what I did was, and of course, I'm not a, um, a cannabis smoker. Mine is all oils, gummies, and topical cream because I have some other ailments, not just a brain tumor. So anyways, um, I wanted more information. She referred me over to Corey. Corey was kind enough to put me in touch with someone where I could get some oil in the beginning. 
I had some issues with the oil. Um, I, I guess the oil that I was taking was very high in THC and I was sleeping a lot. And I found out that that's what it's supposed to do. It, that's your body healing. So I told Corey at the time I was still, you know, needing to work a little. And she recommended citicoline. And to take the THC oil and transfer it into suppositories. Well, that worked for a while. It worked to the sense that I was taking it in 2014 and 15. On the day that you were allowed to apply for an ACMPR license, mine went in the mail. And ever since then, we've been growing our own. And ever since then, we've been making our own. I make my own gummies and I make my own topical. In 2000, late 2016, I was told that the tumor had shrunk to a point where a new neurosurgeon was brought up from Chicago. He was of the opinion that he could go in and take it out. So we thought, okay, we'll give him a try. The unfortunate thing is it had to be what's called an awake craniotomy, which meant I had to stay awake throughout the surgery. So the way the surgery worked is first they put you under, then they cut you up and do what you have to do. There's a special medication that was developed by two Italians who he also has on his staff that kind of take you out a little bit of that deep sleep. And the doctor puts little clips around your brain and he uses a tool to see which portions of the brain he cannot go near because then it will affect some of your senses. We had a little bit of a laugh with in that I did remember some of the parts of the surgery where they said you won't remember anything. We were fortunate enough that once I went back for my follow-up six weeks after the surgery, we found out he was able to remove 100% of the tumor. Wow. So that, so that was January 2017. So as of today, I can say I'm four-year cancer-free. With no for the past. No chemo, with, no radiation. Oh, absolutely not. And the interesting thing is the new neurosurgeon that I'm under, Dr. Sunit Das, out of St. Michael's Hospital, he wanted to follow me because he's known all along that I take cannabis oil. And he sent a letter to my oncologist at Princess Margaret, because then I switched back to Princess Margaret, and he said that they should start weaning me off of Dilantin. Dilantin is an anti-seizure medication, and I was taking 400 milligrams a day, which is the equivalent, which is the max that they can give you. 
the dilantin, unfortunately, was causing me very um, heavy sleep in the afternoon at around two o'clock, three o'clock, where sometimes my husband would come home from work and he'd find me crashed and no dinner ready. So needless to say, it took us about uh, 13 months, but we were able to convince the oncologist to have me completely off of Dilantin so that Dr. Das could follow me with the cannabis oil. Because with the cannabis oil and the Dilantin at the same time, we didn't know which medication was helping me. So by now, taking away the Dilantin, I haven't touched Dilantin since 2018, we now know that it's the oil that is keeping me going. And it's the oil that's keeping the cancer cells away to not regrow. Because I have what is called an astrocytoma, and they are a tumor that does regrow. How quickly it regrows, they still don't know. But the thing that worries a lot of doctors is when it starts to regrow back, it can regrow back and explode into a glioblastoma, which we do not want. Anna Maria, so here Anna, I am. Fantastic. Anna Maria, I want to ask you a question. When you were initially... Uh, diagnosed with your brain tumor, and it sounds like you vehemently refused chemo and radiation. Tell us why you refused chemo and radiation. I'm sorry. I've had too many family members, friends that have gone the route of the chemo and radiation, and they've all passed away. Like, I have a very dear friend of mine. I lost him four years ago, and I got him on the oil and everything but he was still a little bit old school and listened to the doctors and was following the chemotherapy as well and from diagnosis to the time he died gone in six months wow what uh, what doctor told you that you had if you didn't take radiation and chemo what doctor told you that you only had two years or less to live that was Dr. Perry at Sunnybrook. He was actually Gord Downey's oncologist as well. And for those people who don't know about Gord Downey, he was the lead singer for the Canadian rock group Tragically Hip. And, and he died of and a brain hip to the top. Yeah, he died of a brain tumor in twenty seventeen at the age of fifty-three. When you were diagnosed eleven years ago. Doctors said uh, that one of the things that uh, was working against you was your age, that you were over the age of 40. What did he mean by that? Well, these astrocytomas, which is a, a part of the family of the gliomas, they say that um, usually you get them when you're younger, not when you're older. And I had no symptoms. I had never suffered a seizure Nothing, just that the last two years, so when I was 48 and 49, um, I had been suffering vertigos. Now, one or two vertigos a year, they don't, have, they don't take too much of an issue with. But in 2010, 
I had suffered three of them. And the last one was um, December the 27th of 2010, where somebody finally did a CAT scan on the brain. And that's how they found this. They called it a triangular mass, which is a sign of a brain tumor. They scheduled me for an MRI on January the 31st of 2011. And that's where we got the diagnosis that it was about a brain tumor. I wasn't able to see a neurosurgeon until February the 15th of 2011. And that was Dr. Spears at St. Michael's Hospital. And he was with us for about seven hours because we met him at the hospital and he was on call. So that's why we were there for such a long time. My husband turned to him at one point and said, well, if this was your wife, what would you? And normally doctors just say that that's not a can answer that because everyone's different. But we were impressed with him because he told us the only drawback she has is that she's 40. She has not had any symptoms. Let's leave it alone and just monitor it with MRI and what we did. Yeah, that's a very interesting comment that he made. And uh, if he had said something different to that, would you have taken his advice? I would have listened to what I've always been listening to whatever he says. It was him that told me he now brought up this uh, Dr. Das from Chicago mm-hmm. and forms these types of craniotomies and he said can I set you up with an appointment with him and that's how I'm under Dr. Das. Anna Marie tell us how, tell us how much cannabis you take uh, a day. Well I I make um, I now take a gummy bears because I find they're the best for me. They help me with sleep and everything. Um, And I take five of them every night. How many milligrams in those? That's what what we don't know, because I make a batch. Um, I use a package of Jell-O. Anyways, um, for maybe out of two cups of liquid, I use two milligrams of oil mixed in. Mm. Okay. At the height of fighting this, Anna Marie, how much oil were you taking when you were actively trying to kill that cancer? A gram a day. A gram a day. And if I recall correctly, you did most of it via suppository, correct? That is correct. Because I couldn't stand the taste of it. (laughs) You couldn't stand the taste. And I remember, too, you couldn't stand the high and you had to work or something. And um, do I I recall correctly that you used a cane at one point for walking? Or is that somebody else? Well, no, I had a walker first. Then from the walker, I went to a cane. The walker is now hanging in the garage collecting dust. And the cane is in the closet collecting dust. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. 
<laughs> yeah, I suggest you should sell both of them. No, because my mother's 89 years old. She might need one of those things going down the road. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ian was hoping to get his hands on her. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Marie, the oil that you took, did you use multi strains? Always multi-strains. That's what Rick Simpson suggests. A minimum of five to six strains, and that's exactly what we do. Do you like so the take? Do you like the taste of it? Grow THC plants in in. I've gotten used to it now. Yeah, now I can just put it on my, tongue and then away I go. Yeah, it takes a while to adjust to the taste if you don't like it initially, but after a while, uh, it becomes very pleasant. Because in your case, you know that it's it's keeping you alive, isn't it? Exactly. It's the only thing I take now. I don't take anything else. No blood pressure medication, nothing. We got rid of everything. Good for you. So you had other issues that you were dealing, other health issues you were dealing with, like high blood pressure. What else? Um, I have patellofemoral syndrome, which is um, a problem in the, the kneecap. The kneecap sometimes goes um, out of joint. So my husband has to put it back together and strap it with these special types of tapes. But that causes a lot of pain. So then my medicine, Cannabis also helps me with that pain. So you st it still goes out of joint, but the cannabis is uh, a pain reliever. Oh, absolutely. I do not take Advil. I do not take Tylenol for nothing. Even if I get a headache, I'll just take a little bit of our cream because like a, a topical cream and I rub it on the nape of my neck. And within about half an hour, an hour, it's all gone. So good enough for me. Anna-Marie, what uh, stage were you when you were initially diagnosed? Stage three. Stage three, and it was an astrocytoma. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you first came to me. That was a long time ago now. Yes, ma'am. And here you are. <laughs> and here I am. Wow. It has been a long time. Seven years. Seven years. Well, you've done fabulously to, to be here and to be healthy and to have gotten to this point with no chemo, no radiation. Um, that's fabulous. Oh, I even have um, my cousins in Italy all into the cannabis now. Way to go. Spread the word. I've well, I've sent them. Um, it's hard for them to make the oil, but I've sent them the um, recipe for the topical cream, uh, translating it into Italian, of course, because their um, weights are different than ours. Um, and all of them are swearing by it, especially for my aunts and uncles that do suffer from arthritis. Lovely. Good show. Yeah. Anna Marie, would you say that because of the use of cannabis oil, your extensive use of cannabis oil, that you are healthier today than you were prior to being diagnosed with uh, brain cancer? 
110%. Travel can prove it. Explain that. What do you mean travel can prove it? I still I still travel every year. We go away for one week minimum. Go down south when it gets cool up here and just have a week in the sun and the warm. So as long as I can travel and I can still see the world, I count my blessings every day. Anna Marie, does uh, Ernie take cannabis oil at all? He uses the cream. Okay. He had um, he had a sciatica flare-up a couple of years ago, really, really bad, where he was having a hard time walking. And I said to him, why don't you try this cream? Because in the cream, I put um, essential oil of peppermint. And peppermint's an anti-inflammatory. So he did it for about three months. He went back to his doctor for a follow-up. And he was able to touch his feet. Like what? his toes. Good for him. So the, doc the doctor asked him how much of Voltaren was he using. And he says, I don't use Voltaren. I use a cream that we make for my wife. <laughs> and the doctor said, keep using it. The, no, that doctor there was against cannabis, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it is what it is. But we know. Yeah. We, know that it, we know that it's a life-giving plant. Anna Marie, I love the change in your voice when you talked about the doctor. No, the doctor was against cannabis oil. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> well, some of them are, are like that, right? Like my family doctor has been against it for the longest time. And now she sees um, the benefits. So now she's starting to change her mind a little bit, right? Well, that's good. It's all about aware. It's all about awareness, and until the Canadian government starts doing its own studies here in Canada to show proof that there is a natural way of healing, we'll never get ahead. Well, you just have to follow the money. That's uh, that's what it's about. And there are many people who've commented that uh, because alcohol is freely used in this country, it gives the pharmaceutical companies patience. And because cannabis heals, it doesn't give the pharmaceutical industry patience. So therefore, uh, there will be certain restrictions on it. Well, that goes all the way back to the 1930s, what happened down in the States, right? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but it, it's an educational process that uh, will continue long after the three of us are gone, unfortunately. And I think once that uh, education process is in place, the interesting thing is a lot of younger people are aware of cannabis. If you talk to younger people, they uh, they freely admit that they take it. Yeah. Why well, I. I Go ahead. I have um, one girl that comes to us every three months um, for a little bit of CBD to help her too because of her job. Apparently, she says it relieves the stress that she has from her job. So then that's a good thing too. 
Oh, absolutely. Anna Marie, when you um, were fighting this, actively fighting this brain tumor, did you take supplements of any kind? And also, did you change your diet at all? No. Oh, uh, hang on. Yes, I did change my diet. I cut out sugar completely. And I cut out alcohol because alcohol is high in sugar. So all I do now is I drink water. I have one cup of coffee in the morning. Mind you, it's a half a liter of coffee <laughs> in the morning. But other than that, that's all. I drink about two to three liters of water a day. I, I'll have a glass of wine when we're out having dinner somewhere because my husband likes to order a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. So then I'll have a glass. Mm -hmm. But here, but here at home, no. Oh. And you feel great. I feel fantastic. If it wasn't for the cold, it'd be even better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you chat with other people who have had brain tumors? I used to, but now they've all seemed to have disappeared. So I don't know what's happened to them. It's interesting that your uh, your relatives in Italy like the cream. And I guess it's little things like that that uh, spark awareness and interest in cannabis. Do you well, do you I, have my I have my uncle who's 92 years old, still alive. God bless him. He lives here in Toronto. And I supply him with a jar of cream every three months because he's had both knees replaced. And, of course, now that he's gotten older, you know, the knees are wearing down. And he finds that the cream helps him better than the Volterran. Mm -hmm. But you still right. got, you, that's, that's excellent. You still got to get your husband to take uh, cannabis oil. You got to get uh, Ernie to start to taking some of those gummies at night. Well, there's a little bit of a problem with Ernie. <laughs> Ernie a few years ago did Ernie a few years ago did not believe me when I said that it tasted awful. So when we were making oil one day and we were putting it into syringes because I put all the oil into syringes and then I use it in whatever I need it for. He decided that he would take a little lick of the spoon. Oh, no. <laughs> he, just, he just took a, wait, he just took a little tiny lick. So anyways, he said that it, it didn't taste like anything. It didn't do anything. So a half an hour later, when he was cleaning everything up down here, he took another little tiny bit. <laughs> and that night, we went to bed at around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. He decided he had to go to the bathroom. He only had to go up six steps. Well, he barely made it from the bed to the stairs. He was holding on to the, side, the end of the bed. <laughs> then just before he got to the stairs, he had to put his hand on the wall. <laughs> and slowly, slowly, he crawled up the stairs and he went to the bathroom. 
coming out of the bathroom, he had to go and sit down on a chair in the dining room because he said, I've made it up, but how am I going to make it back down? <laughs> Needless to say, that was the first time in 20 years that I had to call his work and say he couldn't come in today because he wasn't feeling very well. <laughs> That's a marvelous story. <laughs> and it just reminds me of somebody else's story so much. <laughs> Never you and mind. let's just say he was out of it until around noon the next day. Wow. And he hasn't had anything since. Oh, now he knows what he can talk. Now he knows. Just put a little bit on the end of the, the little scooper and just Put that on your tongue and that's it. And don't touch any more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've heard many stories like that. It's yeah. You just got to know. Like me, I was out of gummy bears for a few days because we weren't home and I didn't have any. So on Monday, I made up a batch and I thought I got to pump this in me because my knee was starting to bother me. So I thought, okay, Monday night, I only took one gummy bear because I hadn't had some for a few days and I didn't want it to knock me out completely. So I only took one. Tuesday, I got up. I was a little bit better, but not to my satisfaction. So Tuesday night, I bumped it up to three gummy bears. Um, last night, I said, that's it. I'm bumping it up to five. So I took five gummy bears last night and this and this morning my knee was moving a lot more better and you don't hear the crick crock as much yeah at least you woke up this morning yes every morning i take my gummies at 9 30 at night I go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. I'm usually out, I think, by 10.30. And I used to get up at 5 or 6 in the morning, and now I'm sleeping till 7.30, 8 o'clock. Anna-Marie, yeah. you, you've got a fabulous story, and I want to ask you one question. Since you, mm -hmm. One final question. Since you've gone through what you've gone through with your, your brain tumor, you've had no chemo, no radiation, you've taken cannabis oil, your health is much better. Has it given you a new appreciation for life? Oh, 110%. Absolutely. I don't know where I'd be without my cannabis. The only time that um, gets us upset is when we've got to go away. Because when we go away, we're going away for a week. And I, if I go on a plane, I'd like to hide it in my makeup bag. But then I'm scared because where we travel to, I don't want to get caught and then end up in prison. And when you hear people with their little complaints about uh, certain things about life, you, I bet sometimes you just shake your head and say, you have no idea what some people have to go through. Well, Ian, I was one of those people. When I was first diagnosed, I was angry at the world. Mm. I said, you know, 
I'm about to turn 50. How can this be happening to me? I'm at the prime. I'm in the middle of my life. How can this be happening to me now? I had so many things to look forward to. I had only been married for two years. Like, I was beside myself. And after three months of this battle, I thought, you know what? You're being an idiot. What about all those kids that sick kids? They're so little, they haven't even begun to live life. Mm-hmm. And that's what turned that's what turned it around for me. But at the same time, no chemo, no radiation. Anybody who wants inform wants information on cannabis, how to use it for whatever ailments they have, they're the ones that come to me now. And I tell them, if it wasn't for cannabis, I would not be alive seeing my grandchildren. Seeing my mom, nothing. What would it what would it have been like if I had taken the radio chemo and I had ended up 18 to 24 months later? That would have brought me so 2011, 24, that would have been around 2013. What would have happened if back in 2013 or 14 I did pass away? My mom just lost her husband in 20. I'm her only child. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have been around today. That would have killed her. Yeah. Absolutely. Anna Marie, it was wonderful to talk to you again. And we hope you have many more decades of life. And <laughs> you're a fantastic person. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on again. Thanks, Anna Marie. Bye. If you have a story about medical cannabis, we'd like to hear from you because uh, we're always looking for people to interview on Cannabis Health Radio. And sometimes it gets a little onerous for us to find someone who is willing to do it. So if you're willing to do it, then go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and send us a note. And just tell us in a couple of paragraphs what uh, your issue was and how you dealt with it and how you're feeling today. And if you'd like to help us out at Cannabis Health Radio, we once again tell you that you can donate as little as $5 a month, the price of a cup of coffee. And uh, you can also, if you want, just make a one-time donation. And whatever that donation is, we greatly appreciate it because our role here really is to inform people and help educate people on the medical benefits of cannabis. And we're heard in 99 countries around the world, and we hope that uh, you like what we do. And if you do like what we do, we very much appreciate your support, and we appreciate the support of those people who have donated thus far over the years, and we thank you very much. That's it. Another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. 
You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.